Jay Miller on the part he plays on Mac Voices Live, and looking at the tech world from a social angle. This is Mac Voices. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices Magazine, our free flipboard magazine that brings you some of the best Mac, iPhone, and iPad productivity tips on the web. High in signal, low in noise, just like Mac Voices, Mac Voices Magazine includes information on how you can get more out of your Apple technology. Subscribe at macvoices.com magazine or search for Mac Voices Magazine on Flipboard. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, I thought it was about time that we talked one-on-one again to the most abusive and the most abused person on the Mac Voices Live panel, Mr. Jay Miller. Jay, how are you? I, I think that tracks. Uh, it's, it's a pretty accurate description. How's it going, Chuck? It, it's going good. It's going good. Yeah, well, I, I figure you give as good as you get, so I give you credit for that. <laughs> you, you know, I growing up, I, I my dad used to love watching wrestling, and I'd watch it with him. And I always thought it was interesting to have that character of the heel. And... You know, all of my other shows that I've done, I'm always trying to be the the voice of positivity. And I was like, you know what, for, for Chuck, why don't I take this other role? And, it, and it's not necessarily the role of like someone who, who hates Apple or, or, you know, all things back. I mean, we're talking on Apple devices plugged into other stuff. And but but one that is highly critical of. Uh, the I guess the fanaticism that people tend to have towards Apple and all things Apple. So I, I genuinely tell people that I, I'm getting to play the heel on that show of like, well, Jay's going to come in with the unpopular opinion to get the booze and the hiss. And I welcome all the naysayers to come and challenge me. <laughs> so it's an affectation is what you're saying. It's not really you. <laughs> You know, I think it's a, it's a part of me. You know, one of the things that that I've always tried to do is make sure that I'm critical of, you know, the companies that I use, the tools that I use. I, I don't want to always give the glowing recommendation because I, I think that that limits its power. You know, if, if I come in and I'm hypercritical about absolutely everything that I do, and then I really find a tool that I love and I say, this is a tool that's doing it right, or this is a company that's doing it right, then I feel like my audience has a better opportunity to believe me. And it's not, oh, well, he's, you know, he's on Team Apple, so everything about Apple is great. It's like, well, no, I, I call Apple out on their shenanigans. I call Microsoft and Amazon and all these companies out on their shenanigans. But I do it so that people can trust me when I say, you know, I'm behind this product because I like what they're about. I like what the company's about. Mm, okay. That's I mean that's definitely one way to look at it, and and yeah, of course we're 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 having some good laughs here as we always do, because sometimes it's sometimes it's very obvious that you're playing that role. Sometimes it's not quite so obvious, and I know I've gotten some feedback. It's like you know, well, what is with Jay? And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, what's with any of our panel members? You know, I mean, it, you, they're expressing their opinions, um, and you know, sometimes tongue in cheek, sometimes not, and that that's great. That's great. I, 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 I mean, I, if we're talking about numbers, that's that's just a hill I, I'll die on. <laughs> you mean numbers, the spreadsheet? Numbers, the spreadsheet tool. Yeah. And, yeah. and Keynote. 
all, all oh. of the Apple office suite, I just have a general disdain for, but Let's see, we've right talked there. about that enough. Yeah, right there, he starts with me. I mean, numbers, I, I get where you're coming from with numbers, because numbers has a lot of different, it's a different way of looking at things. And if you're not used to it, you know, that's, it, it can it can take a little while to kind of get there. And you may not want to get there because you already may be well-versed in uh, Excel. And, and, you know, Excel is a perfectly fine product, um, but you also have to pay for it. Numbers comes with your Mac. And so, you know, if you if you don't have that big burning need for a spreadsheet, spend the time and and then don't don't contribute to Microsoft the Microsoft hegemony. Um, anyway, that's not. But keynote, you're completely <laughs> wrong on. I'll tell you right now. So, so but you're right. I don't like any of the PowerPoint presentation tools. We'll just we'll leave it at that. You mean you mean any of the presentation tools? No, they're all bad. That's, okay. All right. That's my, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't agree, but that's, that's okay. Um, but what, seriously, one thing we wanted to make sure we, we get into a little bit um, is the fact that since the last time you were on individually, you have now started yet another show. And I don't know if it's replaced all your other shows or some of your other shows, um, but tell us about Conduit. Yeah. So, so Conduit has indeed replaced uh, all the other shows except for you know, Mac Voices, which you can normally find me on when Zoom decides to work. Um, yeah, Conduit is the productivity show that I do with my amazing and awesome co-host, Kathy Campbell, who's the uh, business unicorn of the internet. And we're on Relay FM, which is, you know, an honor honor and a privilege to, to get to represent that whole team and what they've been doing. But Conduit is a different take on the idea of talking about productivity. And in, I guess, in essence, what we're trying to do is celebrate the productivity that we have and provide guidance on how to get there. Um, I think a lot of podcasts, YouTube channels, shows, or whatever, they're trying to not necessarily peddle a product, but they're, they have a purpose, they have an agenda, they have a reason for you know, talking to you and ultimately the reason is try to encourage you to use either their product or a product that they strongly believe in. Um, Conduit is very much the successor to Productivity in Tech, a show that I did prior to this, which was, I think that individuals generally know what works for them and what doesn't. And for us, we want to celebrate the idea of doubling down on that. Of, of instead of saying, well, what you're doing is wrong, what we want to say is, you're doing the thing. Maybe we can you know, fine-tune some of the, the edges there, here and there. But ultimately, we want to encourage you to keep doing the thing, keep investigating how you're doing the thing. And ultimately, when you have those wins, we want to celebrate with you. And we want to keep tying them in to the next win, the next thing that's going to happen. And that's what we do with our Conduit Connections. Every week we, we set a challenge for ourselves. Um, we don't always succeed. Um, I've, I have failed a couple of times. And the idea is to figure out how we can encourage the audience to participate with us, come up with your own challenges, come up with your own things that you're going to accomplish in that fortnight between shows. And then from there, when you succeed, we're going to put it on the show. We're going to celebrate with you. We're going to 
take some lessons learned from what you're doing. And ultimately, that's the show. And we, we just encourage people to listen to it. We encourage people to participate, take the little topic that we talk about for 15, 20 minutes, and use that as a way to say, what can I do for the next two weeks to focus on this to improve my productivity incrementally? Okay. I, I love the idea. All right. But I'm really busy. And so are you. And so is everybody else I know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I am willing to invest some time in trying to improve my productivity. What, what, what kind of challenges are we talking about? Is it a matter of learning a new tool, learning a new feature in a tool, um, adopting a new method of project tracking or, or, um, or things to do tracking or whatever? So we we tend to be very open to the idea of, you know, what kind of goal do I set for myself? We call it a connection because it connects one episode to the next, uh, one goal to the next, you know. And like I said, I, I live by the mantra of small adjustments, you know, let's fine tune what we're doing until we have a well-oiled machine. And I, I agree with you. That's, that's kind of how we've structured the show is for people who are busy. You know, our show is never more than an hour. It's always podcast chaptered out. So if you just need to get to the topic and get on your way, you can do that. If you want to just see the connections, if you just want to hear whether or not we, you know, shared your connection, by the way, we will share your connection. Even if there's a thousand of them, we will figure out a way to make sure that people we celebrate with the people that are doing this. Um, but in terms of the the scope of the goals, uh, some of my connections have just been uh, a good example. At the time we're recording this, my connection is to make time for myself and for my family, and that that is truly a challenge for me. Uh, Chuck, like you said, we're busy. I have I've had three meetings so far today, and I think I've got one more later today after this. And I tend to want to get all the things accomplished. I'm also one of those individuals that struggles with ADHD. So um, even something as simple as me playing Tetris on my Nintendo Entertainment System, one of my favorite things to do in the entire world, I'm often doing that with a podcast in one ear, a YouTube video playing beside me, and I'm constantly just reset and reset and reset and, and doing it mindlessly. So my goal for this week was, hey, at least one time in the next two weeks, just sitting down with the controller, playing a game of Tetris, maybe some light music, but no podcasts, no video. And to do that also with my family, something that, you know, I can always do stuff for me because it's convenient for me. But, you know, spend time with my daughter without my, you know, AirPods in my ear or have dinner, you know, with my wife. And, you know, we actually, we got one of the little box date night things I think we're going to try out. And, you know, just being in the moment and doing a thing. And, and that came from the conversation of getting back into the swing of things. So getting back into the manner of like, where do I want to be? And how do I ease myself back into that? So as you can see, you know, we take that connection into, I'm going to do this small thing. It doesn't have to be massive. I don't have to do it every single day. It's just, just one time in the next two weeks. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not hearing you say much about the tools. So we intentionally don't talk about tools. Um, in fact, one of the things that we've done is the very first episode, we gave our own, we gave how we do things its own name. 
And uh, mine's called The Silk Sonic Method, and it's uh, named after a song from Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, where it starts out, you know, what you doing? Where you at? You got plans? Don't say that. Like, part of the things that I've learned over time is the more and more that I try to plan for what I'm going to accomplish, the more and more life just says, no, that's not going to happen. So what I do instead is I actually just write down what I'm doing. I, I never plan out a little bit more than that day at a time. And it all goes in my notebook. And instead of saying, you know, OmniFocus project with 15 lists, you know, there's a place for that. But in terms of being productive, I don't look at it as I have to live in that list. I have to live in OmniFocus. I have to live in craft or whatever, you know, I'm using at the time. It's more of like, okay, when that stuff comes up, it's going to come up. I'll get a calendar notification and I have all my notes I can figure it out. But in terms of being productive right here and right now, what am I working on and what is the next logical step from where I am? And I created, I called it the Silk Sonic Method. Kathy has the Unicorn Method. Uh, we encourage people, you know, that's the connection for a couple of folks is they want to come up with names for their own systems. And I, I think that that came from the idea of, we heard so many people saying, I've tried to do this, I've tried to do that, and it just didn't work. I tried GTD. I tried bullet journaling. I can't wrap my head around whatever, whatever. And it's like, well, fine. Don't do GTD. Do whatever you are doing. And if it's a lot like GTD, then cool. If it's a lot like bullet journaling, that's fine. But give yourself the permission to deviate from the tool or the methodology and allow yourself to work in the way that you think is going to be best for you to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to do. I find myself in a very rare moment of agreement with you. Um, <laughs> I can talk about keynote again. Like, <laughs> that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah just, just, just kill that beautiful moment we just had there, Jay. Uh, no, but you know, I mean, some of this will will apply to keynote or numbers or whatever. But I, I firmly believe in do, using the thing that is most comfortable for you, that is the right the right tool for the job. So maybe I'm focusing a little more on tools. You're focusing a little more on procedure. But at the end of the day, I think we're saying the same thing, just two different, two different categories to the productivity equation that you, know, you, you have to adopt that. Um, because, I mean, I've tried GTD, and you know, I, I agree with it. Excuse me, scratch that. I use a couple aspects of GTD, but I don't use the whole system. And I feel like that's sort of what we need to be doing in, in so many cases um, is figuring out what works for us and and not, you're right, not being tied to those things. So reach out and, and borrow different pieces. Of, and, and I mean, don't just live in, in PowerPoint or Keynote or Numbers or Excel. You know, grab pieces of it, use it as it, as it works for you and go on to the next thing or the bottom line is get done what you need to get done. And, and if that means living in, you know, keynote or PowerPoint or whatever, don't let, I, I will tell people again, the way that I speak and, and act on mag voices is very different from conduit. Conduit is, you know, we are promoting positivity as the standard. Um, I, I should probably do that on, on Mac voices too. Um, but <laughs> I, I will say, you know, as much of a hard time as I give, you know, folks for their software choices, 
I will. I would never sit there one on one and say, "Oh, why are you using that tool?" And said, "You should be using this tool." And here's X, Y, and Z. Uh, one of the things that I've learned recently about myself is I can come up with a process of how to do something using OmniFocus. Now, I don't follow how I'm doing that process in OmniFocus, but I come up with the process, and that's it's such a weird concept that like one day I was just like, I have a bunch of steps that I need to follow. I'm kind of making it up as I go along. Let me just add each task of what I'm doing into OmniFocus. And when I'm done, I can export it into something else. And then we'll clean it up and make that checklist so that if I need to show someone else how to do it in the future, which is a very common occurrence in my job, then I can say, oh, here you go. Here's, you know, here's that checklist. And they go, oh, how? Well, how'd you do that? I was like, well, I sat down and as I was doing it, I just made a new task for myself in OmniFocus. And then when I was done, I just exported that entire list. So if I'm understanding you correctly, you just said exactly what I, I, I advocate. You found, you found a tool that lets you do what you want to do. And it, it may be an interim step, but it's easier than trying to create that end product fully formed in some other way. You found the easiest way. And for some folks, that's, that would be where it stopped. They, they live in OmniFocus. You've said... This this part of OmniFocus works. I'm going to do it there and then send it over to something else. I, I, I don't know what. doesn't matter. Clean it up. And now I've got what I really wanted. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons that we did, you know, this show kind of works is that you often hear the idea of like, well, I'm using OmniFocus. And then, you know, you fast forward 30 episodes in a productivity podcast and they go, well, let me tell you about why things is the best tool by the way, here's my things course that you can download. And and again, that's no knock to anybody that does that. I have friends that make their entire living uh, talking about productivity tools and different apps and things. And even on my YouTube channel, you can hear me talking about apps that I'm using at the time. But what we wanted was a space to where we emphasize that the app itself does not matter. What matters is that you're accomplishing what you've set yourself to do. And I mean, yeah, I mean, we can sit there and agree about it all day, Chuck, because I, I think that what needs to happen is the community needs to get more and more behind that. And I, I mean, to be sad, one of the biggest areas where I see this is, again, the idea of why are you using this hardware device? Because, you know, this ecosystem is better. Um Cough, cough, voices, the talk of the, the internet. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I listen, I surprisingly, I think we're in agreement. I also think there's a place and a value in saying if if you think this tool is if this if this is the tool you use or you think this is the best one for you, we're gonna take a deep dive into it. And and you you are now among your people. And so let's find out what you're doing with your tool that we all agree on and, you know, kind of go from there. And, and I mean, I have no problem with somebody doing a show about, I mean, heck, let's pick on Omni Outliner. If you do a show about all about Omni Outliner and all the great things you can do with it, that's great because that's going to attract the Omni Outliner user or the wannabes that are considering that this is a place that they may be able to get things done. I yeah. feel like what we do, what we do on Mac Voices, is we 
we say, yeah, look, this is our platform of choice. It doesn't have to be yours. Frankly, the show's probably not going to be for you if it's not, if that's not your platform of choice. But if this is your platform of choice, then yeah, by all means, come on in and let us tell you what we're doing. And, you know, please send us emails and and tell us what you're doing, because maybe we can learn some things from it. Well, and, and I, I promised you, Chuck, if we were going to talk, I was going to interview it, interview you at some point. So my, my question to that would be, where does the line get drawn between, you know, we're going to talk about this tool of choice because it's our preferred tool to we're going to hold our tools accountable when they go in a direction that we're not happy about. Um, I know a good example of this. Uh, we there was a conversation a month ago, maybe about the idea that you know the iPhone Mini was was possibly going away, and now we know that you know it, it's at least not going anywhere this year. Um, but you know, we need to have those discussions when when you know the big Apple Loop company says, "Hey, you know, we want to shut down conversations about pay equity." You know how we we often talk about the idea of of you know protesting with your your wallet, and you know we can we should be able to have the conversation as much about like does Apple's practices currently make them the great company that they are, or is it the people behind the company? And when we see these people maybe not being treated fairly, do we do we stand up and shout just as loud as we do when the next product is announced? Um, okay. So uh, thank you for the example, because when you said hold our tools accountable, it's like, not quite sure I knew what you meant. Now I see where you're going with it. And I feel like those are two separate questions, two separate issues. Um, and I don't, I, I'm not sure there's a way to specifically reconcile them, except base filtering them through your own personal value system. And, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about um, I'm not talking about I'm for pay equity or I'm not for pay equity. That's not what I mean. I, I'm I'm talking about filtering it through how important is it to me. Well, okay, so let's let's just move away from Apple and the computer industry completely. All right, I go okay. to the grocery I go to the grocery store, and I have the choice of buying um, a gallon of milk in a plastic jug or a gallon of milk in a plastic a, a plastic carton. Now, I'm, uh, I'm not well-versed enough in uh, recycle- recyclability to know which one of those is better for the environment. But I have a choice there. And so if one of my filters is what's best for the environment, then I'm going to make a decision based on that. If one of my filters is which is, which, which is the most economical, then that'll be my filter. And if it has something to do then with the farm that produced the milk, that might be a filter too. So which one of those is most important to me? And, you know, then I'm going to make my decision and I'm going to feel good about it because it's going to be my filter that I've addressed. You obviously have a filter that says that that is a little more. Don't let me care. Don't let me put words in your mouth, but I feel like you may be, yeah, like I could do that. Um, (laughs) But but you may be looking at things from a little more of, of a social uh, social justice aspect then maybe is part of my filter system. I, I definitely think that there is a level of, uh, I would call it social equity, 
um, not in terms of equal payment, but equal representation. And, and that's something that I do. I mean, that's, again, that's part of my job is to advocate for, you know, hey, let's distribute knowledge equally across all groups of people, um, especially those who haven't been, you know, cared for for a long time. But I think that one of the questions comes, I mean, do I shop at, you know, a certain company with the yellow smiley face? Yes, I do. Um, am I always happy with the decisions that they make? No, I'm not. Um, one of the questions then becomes, what other option do I have? And the option is I could go to the store, but of course, you know, you look at that and you, you rewind, you know, 20 years ago, the conversation wasn't about, well, what online company is putting out the, the big chains. It was the big chains are putting the mom and pop shops out of business. So kind of seeing where that metric shifts and seeing what we're okay with do with putting up with, I think is something that we can only do if we express our disdain for when these companies that we like does something that we don't necessarily agree with. Um, good example of this, um, I was recently on Mac Power Users and we were talking about a tool that I use called Craft. Um, good note-taking, you know, personal knowledge management or whatever you want to call it tool. And one of the things that I was critical of Craft for doing was chasing features and adopting some of the other features that, uh, you know, Obsidian and some of these other, you know, tools have brought in to differentiate themselves. And my argument was the product was good as it was. Make the product better. You know, I don't need all the features in the world if the device keeps crashing. Now, does that mean that I'm going to stop using the tool? No. But does it mean that I'm going to call out the company when I believe that they're making a mistake. Absolutely. And I do that because of one, I hope that they hear it, but I hope that other people will also hear it and hold them accountable. And I think that that is what we've seen recently with some of the larger companies of that. It's not necessarily because, you know, this company put out a new product. I'm not going to buy it because of a decision that they made. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to vocalize when they have made a decision that I'm not okay with in hopes that enough people will vocalize and some people will choose not to purchase and that that will be a loud enough echo chamber for that company to hear it and say, you know what, we probably should rethink our strategy on this. Does that make you a hypocrite if you buy, but you still vocalize and you hope that other people decide not to buy? I don't hope that other people will decide not to buy. I hope other people will make a decision based on the information that I've presented. I think that for me, there are definitely decisions that I've, I've like purchasing decisions that I've made where I've said, I'm not going to buy products from this company because of it. something that they've done. Um, to me, I don't think that the companies at the moment that I do business with are they're doing things that are wrong ethically, but I don't think the problem is necessarily that they're doing it. It's everyone is doing it and we need to be shouting to, you know, politicians or policymakers or whoever to say, Hey, this is happening. It's happening at this company. It's happening at this company. It's happening at all these companies and they're getting away with it. And I don't like that. So of course, when I go to vote, I'm going to vote for the person that says, hey, we need to not allow these certain practices. 
or I'm going to email the companies themselves and say, hey, I love what you're doing as a company. I really don't like this decision that you made. I know that I'm only one person, but my hope is that enough people have also said, we don't want you doing this either. But I can't, I can't get people to make that decision until it's been vocalized. And that's something that we talk about a lot on Mac Voices. You know, I think Kelly talks about this a lot. They say, if it were any other company, would it be news? And to me, the answer should be, regardless of the company name, if it's something that matters to me to the point that I want to talk about it, it should be news regardless of the company. And there are a lot of people to blame there. You blame the press, you blame social media, you blame pop culture and all these things. But at the same time, I look at what I can do. And what I can do is I can use my platform to say, I am going to make some level of noise about this, even if it is just to get the conversation started, because I'm hoping that someone else can take that conversation a little bit further. Okay. I, I, I mean, first of all, that you're right. And second of all, obviously, you're going to do it whether I think it's a good idea or not. But <laughs> and, and no, and I'm, I'm, I'm. That was not a. That was not a joke. You know, I'm serious. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you know because because we all have platforms. I mean, social media. It doesn't matter if you don't have a podcast, don't have a website, you know, don't have this, that, and the other. If you have a social media account, you have a platform, and so and, and that that is especially right now. It, it's an interesting time in history because I think our society, global society, is ad adapting to that idea. I mean, free speech has always been a, a wonderful ideal. Now we have free speech at an unprecedented level, and it's maybe not such a good idea because people are not using it responsibly. I, I think in order to prevent this from becoming a political you know, conversation, I will agree. I think that what we've done is given everybody a scalpel and said, perform open heart surgery. And of course, not everybody is going to know how to do open heart surgery. There are going to be some people that are trained and know how to do this and do it effectively. Um, we call those people influencers or communicators and, you know, all of those great things. And some people don't like that. But some people also don't like the fact that heart surgeons make millions of dollars, you know. And again, if you're good at what you do, you should be able to make a living doing it. That said, when you've given everybody the scalpel, and you've said, okay, everybody perform open heart surgery. I hope that you have someone in the room that says, well, wait, hold on. We should probably discuss the best practices of doing this. And we should probably put some policies in place that removes the scalpel from certain people's hands based on what they're saying or doing. And again, this isn't, this isn't taking a side. This is saying that by liberating and giving everybody a voice, We've given more people power to do something great, but what we've also done is given a lot more people the power to do something maybe not so great. No, I, we are absolutely on the same page there. Um, you know, I, I and I don't, I don't know how you teach those people to. <clears throat> pardon me, I don't know how you teach people to be. In, in, do we have a guest? <laughs> <laughs> we we did. My 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 daughter is a. Uh, Probably getting ready to go take a nap, so ah, got I, think, it, got I think she wanted to let me know. That, that's good, yes. <laughs>
Jay Millward is back in the next edition of Mac Voices to talk more about the social view of tech and how tech industry's decisions on social issues may be affecting consumers' buying decisions. That's next time on Mac Voices, and I hope you'll join us. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.